the other day in talking about this practice and the radical kind of truthfulness that it requires of us. I mentioned that someone in one of the groups had used the phrase brutal honesty. And in another one of the groups, someone brought up that that phrase had um, landed in him in a way that prompted some reflection. And um, said that he recognized that from the perspective of I, this honesty is brutal. <coughs> but that we can, you know, kind of relanguage or think about it a little bit in another way. So this, this brutal honesty from the perspective of I recalls a little bit the, I think it was Trungpa, Choyam Trungpa, who said, Practice is one insult after another. <laughs> and this is the insult to self. You know, this is what's, this is, that's, that's that experience, you know. Um, in the group, the, the person offered a relanguaging, which I can't recall at the moment, but I did my own relanguaging. Um, I came up with two that I kind of felt pretty good about. One was uncompromising honesty, the other impeccable honesty. And actually this kind of honesty is one of the kindest actions that we can do for ourselves. Well, from the perspective of the self is brutal, (laughs) it is towards our being, towards our well-being, one of the most loving things that we can undertake. And I think it was also Trungpa that said, meditation is the continual act of befriending ourselves. So this impeccable honesty, this uncompromising honesty, connects to what we might call radical acceptance. It comes back to yata bhuta, the meeting of things as they actually are. Impermanent, unreliable as a place of lasting happiness, (coughs) and a continual flux, a process, things are process nature. So this is Sayadaw's perspective. He, he comes from this perspective of this radical acceptance, this uncompromising honesty, meeting things as they are, the truth of things as they are. And this is a wisdom perspective. And yet this wisdom perspective when practiced fully, opens us up to love. Opens us up to compassion, to kindness. 
And this is, I think, one of the values, again, of awareness and wisdom together. I've been talking about appreciating the value of awareness and how that appreciation supports our interest in it, our wanting to take care of it. And as we recognize and connect this aspect of the value, that it brings this quality of the open heart, this heart that doesn't struggle, that doesn't fight, resonates with the world, vibrates with the world, in sympathy with the world. When it meets suffering, it's compassion. When it meets joy, it, beco- it vibrates in resonance with that and becomes sympathetic joy. And the underlying quality of balance of mind that allows us to meet the full range of experience. So sitting with things as they are can feel like love. It can feel this way when someone sits with us when we're suffering or we sit with someone else and they are suffering. There's not not much need to do anything when we meet suffering except meet it, be with it, clearly acknowledge it. Yes, this is suffering. I had an experience some years ago when a friend of mine um, ended up kind of reliving a a trauma of his life while we were walking together in in a downtown and we just sat down together and and um, he said a few things he said well you know I don't know what to say and I said well you don't have to say anything I'm just willing to sit here with you and and he just kind of ended up going through a process there that um, that really helped him to release some things. And, and all I was trying to do in that was be present. I was just trying not to flee from his suffering. And a few days later, he came back to me and he said, what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> were you practicing metta? <laughs> I said, no, I was just trying to be there with you. And he said, it was amazing. And that really gave me a deep appreciation for the power of witnessing and how it can be felt as love. We can do this for ourselves. And this is what the practice is. This willingness to be with ourselves. And so I I really think of this right attitude, which really has a wisdom flavor as we speak about it. Know the objects are objects, you know, know the objects are processes. But this attitude is the open heart. And it brings along with it these qualities of love, compassion, sympathetic joy, and balance of mind. 
This is acceptance. This acceptance does not mean not acting. I think sometimes we have that notion that accepting means kind of settling back and not doing anything. But that's not this perspective. Really, I think acceptance brings with it the capacity for acting from this open heart. And so instead of our usual habits and tendencies of fear and confusion, of wanting being the motivators for our action, instead these beautiful qualities of love, of generosity, of balance of mind become the motivators for us. They are the, the movement of action. They are the, the source of our action. And as we, I think as we move in the direction of this right view being imbued with these qualities, it simply feels really natural to act in this way. There's a a story that Gil tells sometimes of Avilokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva of compassion. And somebody asked, I think this is a Zen story, you know, he's he's very Zen, so... um, um, Somebody asked a teacher, what does it feel like when Avilokiteshvara acts? And the teacher responded something like, it feels like reaching back to plump up your pillow at night. (laughs) Just the most natural movement. Not effortful, not a big deal. Just the simplicity of plumping up your pillow. I'll read some words from a beautiful book that Marilyn shared with me. This is by Daishin Morgan. To accept means to receive what is offered. The circumstances of life give rise to conditions and our acceptance of these conditions is just the acceptance of things as they are. What is not meant in the Buddhist idea of acceptance is any agreement or disagreement with the way things are. Acceptance is about basing ourselves in reality and not about making judgments of liking or disliking. To accept the situation is to be grounded in the actual state of things without getting lost in ideals or fantasies of how we would like things to be. We then have a good basis from which to see what action may be called for. Acceptance does not imply inertia. On the contrary, to be be grounded in reality gives rise to a true response. 